Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I want to speak to you this morning about uh, we're still seeking the king. Mm -hmm. And um, you still with, are you here today? (laughs) Good. I'm a, I, I need response. If you don't respond to me, it's going to be a long, <laughs> because I think, well, they're not getting it, so I've got to, got to pound it again. <clears throat> but anyway, we're still seeking the king. The just shall live by faith. Now, we know, we know through Scripture that God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere, all the time. He's always with us. We, uh, David said, if I, if I grew wings and, and went to the farthest part, God would be there. If I make my bed in hell, God's there. Of course, I wouldn't want, even though God's in hell, I still wouldn't want to be there, <laughs> personally. Um, but there is a manifest presence of God. And uh, if we're not sensing, not that we're always going to sense the presence of God, but if we're not, if there's a period of time where we're not sensing the presence of God, then it's a, it might be a thing where we need to seek him. We need to seek the king. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. One of the names given, uh, given to Jesus was Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is always with us. But I want more than, I want more than just the head knowledge that God's with me. I want the manifest presence of God with me, Plus, if I have that manifest presence of God, I'm going to be able to share that presence of God with other people. And uh, he goes on to say, so that we may boldly say, turn to somebody and say, God's telling me to say something. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can men do unto me? There's, a, there's, uh, there's numerous scriptures throughout the Bible where God is commanding us to talk. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Are you redeemed? Well, I don't know. My grandfather used to, uh, my grandfather, uh, we, we would witness to him on my mom's side. We'd say, um, you know, you can know you're going to heaven. And he says, well, you can't know you're going to heaven until you get there. 
And I would say, <clears throat> of course, I would read scripture. He just couldn't, couldn't get it through to him. It's one of those things where, you know, unless I, of course, we were from Missouri. <laughs> you know, you got to show me, show me. So, but anyway, if you're not from Missouri, you don't have an excuse. You've got, you've got the command to say so. So, that we may boldly say. That didn't mean just say it under your breath. Doesn't mean mumble it. When, you, when, when you're saying something boldly, you're saying it with affirmation. You're saying it with power. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can men do unto me. So no matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, God's word is working mightily in us. The reality, though, is that we've got to activate that word by speaking it in strong affirmation. So the act of faith here is to believe and to say, say it with boldness. Remember, the just shall live by faith. Um, the Lord makes himself known to us as we do gospel ministry. It would say, Pastor, that's good for you. That's what you're paid for. No, every one of us in this room, every one of us in this room is, is part of the gospel ministry. You know, I remember I was uh, with a guy, I was a young Christian at the time, and I was walking with this older guy. He must have been 30, you know. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe even 25. But uh, I remember we were walking down and we were, we, somebody passed us and he said, Hey, man, you want to join the army? Person said, What army? He says, The Lord's army. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not saying you have to do it like everybody else, but each one of us are a part of the gospel ministry. And as we do that, I guarantee you, God will show up. He will manifest himself. We'll just take a look at Mark 16, 15. He says, and he said, he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. You know, if God doesn't show up, you're not casting out devils. Can I get an amen? amen? You shall cast out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall take up serpents. I have no problem with that, by the way. <laughs> take up serpents, and if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You know, some of the greatest miracles I've seen, I was just as surprised as the person that got it. <laughs> you know, but God showed up. I remember that the, one that the one that sticks out the most, I, there was this lady that was discharged from the hospital, and they told her that they couldn't do anything more for her. So she came in, she had tumors all over her body. <clears throat> Excuse me. She had tumors all over her body, and uh, 
So I had an interpreter with me. I was on this side. She was here. Put my hand on her, on her shoulder, and I started praying, and the interpreter got all excited. I said, what are you excited about? <laughs> he, said, he said, a tumor just shrunk under my hand. Then I prayed some more, and I realized there was a tumor under my hand, and it disappeared too. I was just I was surprised. How man, I was woo, glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes you you think, well, I've got to have real strong faith. No, all you have to do is be obedient. That's that's what. Really, that's what faith is. You're just acting, doing what God says. And so, so anyway, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. And they went out. And preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Can you see? Because, because they did what he asked them to, he was working with them. Yeah. It's one thing to try to do it yourself. It's one thing to try, it's one thing to try to beat your head up against the wall and up against the wall and up against the wall and nothing ever happened. It's another thing. Yeah. It's another thing when Jesus is working with you and he's knocking down those doors. Yes. He's, he, is, he is invading not only your life, but the person you're ministering to. And believe me, he wants to do it more than you do. I think the, the, I don't know what to call it now. Is it a video or a digital presentation that we just saw? Is that digital? They both work, okay. <coughs> well, the video just spoke exactly what was on my heart this morning. What type of king are we seeking? Are we seeking a king that will rise or fall? Are we seeking a king that, uh, you know, is good some of the time, not all the time? You know, the early church only preached, only had one message for a thousand years. For a thousand years, they preached that Christ is the victor. Victor over sin, victor over sickness, victor over death, victor over poverty. Doesn't matter what the problem was, he was victorious over it, and he's still alive. They preached that, that's why they were able to convert as much of the world as they did. Wow. It wasn't until corruption got into the church that that message was watered down. So we've got to restore, and there are, believe me, there are people that are doing it. 
restoring the message that Christ is the victor. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. You say, well, there's corruption. There was corruption. But the thought came to me from the Word, of course. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall not pass away. Doesn't matter what corruption got in. The Word never, the word never was corrupted. The, wor- the Word never fades out, fails, or becomes obsolete. You know, people are saying, people are saying the word is obsolete. They're crazy. It will never become obsolete. For one thing, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those that believe, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. In uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Notice this next phrase. Let us, let us hold fast our confession. Is there a possibility that ha- that means the same thing as let us boldly say, Is there a possibility, does that also mean, let the redeemed of the Lord say so? You know that Jesus Christ is the apostle and high priest of our confession, but if we're not confessing, if we are, if we're, not only that we're confessing, but we're making the right confession. Are Are we saying the same thing God says? We're saying the same thing God says. He says, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. Do you know, uh, I've been around some circles. I might have even, you know, you get around some Christians, and if you've got a problem, you you have a problem. Some of you, what's he talking about? That means if really with Jesus, if you have a problem, he's not, he's not affected by that. But with some Christians, if you got a problem, well, you're, you don't have enough faith. I say this, that Christian has a problem. Thank you, Jesus. So if you have, he says, he will sympathize with your weakness. I'm going to ask, you don't have to raise your hand. Is there anybody here in this room that has a weakness? Well, let me just add to that, no shame. In the name of Jesus, I remove the guilt and the shame off of your life because Jesus came to sympathize and not only sympathize, he came to 
He came to eliminate your weakness. He says, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, the come before the throne of grace. I have a thought, where is the throne of grace? Is it in heaven? Don't answer. Just think. <coughs> Where's the throne of grace? Have you been to heaven lately? Oh, yes, in prayer. I think it's a little closer than that. Well, isn't it? well we have no, there's no temple in Jerusalem, so the throne of grace isn't there. So, your body is the temple of what? Don't get weak on me. I can't, eh? I can't hear you. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You think there is a, you think there's a throne of grace there? Not because of us. It's because his res- he is resonant there. And so we don't have to go searching. We don't have to go searching and asking God to please forgive us. Because he's right there. He sympathizes with our weakness. He says to come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy yes. and grace to help in time of need. Another thing, he inhabits the praises of his people. Well, he also inhabits your faith confession. You know, Jesus is our advocate, and he, that means our lawyer. (coughs) Excuse me for my struggle here. Jesus is our lawyer, and he repeats to God what we say. So, when we're, walking in, when we're walking in agreement, as the Scripture says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. So we're not looking, we're not looking for a babe. We're looking for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily besets us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. How do I keep seeking Jesus? By looking unto Jesus. I got a big problem here, but instead of focusing on this big problem, I keep my focus on 
on Jesus. Now, this problem isn't going to remain silent. This problem is going to scream in your ear, don't you hear me? You can't get away from me. You put your focus on Jesus, and Jesus will deal with the problem. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, there's laid up. I was going to quit early, but uh, they said the kids are having a party. So I thought, man, I don't want them to have a 10-minute party. <laughs> what do you think, Rob? Think they've been back there long enough? <laughs> oh, okay. <coughs> Giving you a chance. <coughs> He says, finally, there's laid up for me, or there, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not me only, but also all those who love his appearing. How do I seek Jesus? I just love his appearing. And, and I believe I believe that's that second coming. But you know, according to uh, Lena says that Jesus shows up. That's right. Uh, okay, I, I'm not picking on you. Just <clears throat> I remember. I remember one time. Well, probably more than one time. My wife was going through mental anguish because of me, probably. on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And uh, she would get alone with, with God and Jesus would just hold her. Jesus would just hold her. And that's what I'm talking about loving as appearing. Yes, Jesus, come back. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. But also, love is appearing where he shows up. Shows up where he, he wraps his arms around you. He, he lets you know that he loves you. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'd just like to sh give a couple of thoughts about the three, or we don't know if there's three, <clears throat> but the Magi, they came to worship a king. One thing, they were inconvenienced to worship him. That wasn't just a drive. Uh, that could have been a six-month trip. They ignored the ridicule and the mocking. Ridiculed by who? What do you think their wives said? <laughs> Excuse me. What do you think their wives said? How, well, where are you going? Well, I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm going to follow that star. How long are you going to be gone? I don't know. <laughs> Think Omi would buy that. <laughs> well, it wasn't just them. It was, I believe it was uh, it was Herod. Mm -hmm. 
and those that were with him, even though, even though he put on a, a front. Also, they testified. They testified. <coughs> I better quit. <laughs> Just give me one more drink. <coughs> Steelers don't play till 4.30, right? <laughs> You're good. <laughs> So, they openly communicated whom, about whom they were worshiping. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came, came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? They said, we have seen a star in the east. We've come to worship him. And Herod the king, when he heard this, was troubled. And all of Jerusalem with them. That's a little strange. All of Jerusalem well, for one thing, if you didn't know, Herod was not a Jew. Herod was a Roman appointee. And Herod, he actually, I think he killed one of his own sons. So, and I think a wife also. So you didn't want to mess with Herod. So he was troubled. He didn't want any competition. Not everyone's happy with about who you worship. I just heard some thing of Eastern religion said to, work, to say Merry Christmas is, uh, is the act of murder. So Merry Christmas. With that in mind, here's the good news. You know, we're talking about seeking God, but he never stops seeking you. You're still, you're in the fold. You're one of his, but he's still seeking you. As I, yeah. John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord. And let me close with this. We want to prepare for his coming. And again, let me say this is dual, dual coming here. I'm ready for Jesus to come. I'm ready for Jesus to come back. 
but also want to prepare myself for him to come to me. Okay. 1 John 3, verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. We should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Nobody likes me. They didn't like Jesus either. They killed him. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Beloved, now we're the children of God. Are you waiting to attain something to become a child of God? Let me, let me set your mind at ease. You don't have to wait to attain. When you said, Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior, you have attained. Yes. You attained Him. You attained His grace. His grace is that He has done everything to make you acceptable. He and He has given you a gift of righteousness to where you stand before God without any sense of guilt, fear, anxiety, or inferiority. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But let me just say this. uh, John also said in another place, he said, as he is, so are we in this world. So the closer we get and the more we see, the more the world sees who Jesus is. It says, it says, it has not been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. You know, I mean, there's some obvious things, you know. Wouldn't you say there's some obvious things you don't need to be told about? You know. But you know what? The, the Holy Spirit, you know, when I, was, when I was first saved, man, God was really, wow. All things were lawful. But not all things were expedient. But you know, as time has gone on, I can't, I can't go and do what I did before. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. As you grow, as you grow, you know, you want to get rid of stuff. So, I'm, I'm going to seek the king and I'm going to purify myself. Well, so well, didn't Jesus' blood do that? Jesus' blood did do that, but yet my mind needs to be renewed. Needs to keep thinking, needs to quit thinking the thoughts that I thought before. Hallelujah. And I got to stop because I'll preach my next week's message if I don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, hey, if you did that, I won't have to come back. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. 
We celebrate Christ the victor. We celebrate the one who brought down tyrants, opened the Red Sea, freed, freed his people. And Lord, we have been freed. And so, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you're still seeking us. We don't have to fret it. We don't have to worry about it. Because, Lord God, you're seeking us. But, Lord, our love compels us to seek you. We give you praise and thanks and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Do we have any uh, words of knowledge?